We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is our publisher, and that's Brian Driscoll. Uh, And we have our final preview of the regular season. Notre Dame is going to face Syracuse at Notre Dame Stadium this coming Saturday at 2.30. Of course, that game is on NBC, as all home games are. And uh, look, we are not going to insult anyone's intelligence here. Syracuse is 1-9. and nine. Notre Dame is 9-0. and oh. uh, this, is a, this is not a matchup where Notre Dame is in any danger of losing. Now, could they lose? Anything can happen on any given Saturday, but at the same time, Notre Dame could play very poorly and still win this game by multiple touchdowns. So uh, we are not going to give you matchups that we're looking at to uh, for the outcome of this game, but we are going to uh, take Brian Kelly's advice and say, hey, look, what are we looking for from a Notre Dame standpoint in this game? And Brian, look, Talk about a tale of two different teams. Uh, you know, what was it, two years ago now? Mm-hmm. Talking about this Syracuse team being the last hurdle that Notre Dame needed to get over before they made it into the college football playoff. And it was a legit hurdle. It was a top 12 Syracuse team. They were a 10-win football team. On the beat Clemson. Exactly. And now we're talking about a Syracuse team who's won one game and has pretty much been one of the worst Power 5 football teams in the United States of America. So – 
what in the world happened to this team? Yeah, it has been a it has been a insane fall. I mean, it, just to watch this team go, and and really the the one thing you can point to is that Notre Dame game was sort of a a preview of what was to come. If you remember correctly, that was a Syracuse team, Vince, that scored on that that season, scored 40 points a game, ended the season scoring 40 points a game. Obviously, only scoring three against Notre Dame dragged down what otherwise would have had them in around 43 points a game. But what happened in that game is Notre Dame knocked out Eric Dungy, their quarterback, early. And and Tommy DeVito came in, and Eric Dungy threw four passes. He completed one for 10 yards and threw a pick. And then, you know, when he went out, Notre Dame just rolled. And and Syracuse never even really threatened Notre Dame. He came back in the next two games, threw for 362 yards and a win over Boston College, threw for over 300 yards and a win over West Virginia. And then his Syracuse career was over. And uh, Syracuse hasn't been the same since. I mean, in 2019, they they dropped down to 28.3 points per game. And then this year, they're down to 17 and a half points per game. You know, and Brian Kelly talked about how, you know, they didn't have Tommy DeVito's, their starting quarterback. And Tommy DeVito's a solid player, but they weren't very good before Tommy DeVito went down. I mean, they were one and four, I believe, when he went down. You know, he was completing just 50% of his passes. Uh, you know, he threw for 32 yards and a loss to pit, 32 Ooh. yards. It went nine of 15 for 32 yards and a loss to pit. This is a team that just has personnel problems really all over the field. They don't have the kind of they, – they had a very veteran offensive line in 2018. They had a front four, if you remember correctly. Uh, they had two defensive players, <clears throat> two defensive ends actually on that team that, that I thought were really good football players and Kendrick Coleman uh, and Alton Robinson that were, you know, legit players. And that year on defense, they had three players with over – with at least ten tackles for loss. You know, this year – they're not coming anywhere close to those numbers. And it, it's just it's just been such a, a, a strange drop-off to just see how their talent just plummeted out. And the only thing that I can think of, Vince, is that that 2018 team was basically built on the recruits that the previous coaching staff had put together, or at least in Dino's in, in some of the guys in Dino's first class. And they just have not been able to to recruit the kind of talent, especially along the trenches, that's allowed them to be successful. And, of course, they've had a lot of injury problems. I think one of the things Coach Babers is going to have to look at this offseason is, you know, what what are we doing from a strength conditioning pro standpoint that's causing us to constantly be losing so many players? But, I mean, they're starting a lot of young guys on this they team, are, yeah. which tells me there was a huge gap in recruiting success from, you know, his first couple of years between the last couple seasons because he's now in, what, year five now, right? Right. Right. So um, it, it is it – is, it, and I feel bad too, Vince, because, you know, you've watched some Syracuse. I've watched some Syracuse. The thing I do re- re- like about this program is no matter how much they're down, no matter how good the opponent they're playing is, they come out and play hard. I mean, they battled Clemson for four quarters. It just eventually – they were down – I think we did a podcast the other day where I said they were beating Clemson in the third quarter. They were actually losing 27-21, to 21, and they had the ball with a chance to go take a lead in the third quarter. Um, and then they had a fumble that got returned for a touchdown, and, and Clemson rolled. But, you know, last week against NC State, I mean, Vince, they're 1-8. and eight. They're playing NC State. NC State's a good football team. You know, NC State's a borderline top 25 team that's 7-3 and three now. It, they could have pulled a Florida State and quit. You know, they could have pulled a Florida State and said, you know, a bunch of guys are going to opt out and not play. But they battled their butts off and lost by a touchdown. You know, so uh, – and there's some parts of their team that are getting better as we get into the later the part of the season. You know, the run defense has been a lot better. Uh, the overall numbers are terrible, but they've been, you know, around 140, 150 yards the last four games. Um, you know, so the, the point is they're battling. 
they're continuing to compete. They're continuing yeah. to play hard. And I think that says a lot about the, 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 the character of that football program, you know, that they haven't quit. I mean, if you compare what they're going through and what Florida state's going through, you have two completely different programs from a, a, a heart and soul standpoint. One program is just a train wreck from a personality character standpoint. The other one is a train wreck from a football standpoint, but it's a program that's showing a lot of character. And, right. and, and, I, and I do have to give them respect for that, but this is just not. There's about four or five really good football players in this team, and then after that it's just huge drop-off between that and everybody else. Well, and, and from a big-picture big standpoint, I would, I would highly suggest you go listen to my interview with Mike McAllister because mm-hmm. he talked about you know, the fact that – and you said it, they're, they're relying on three to four true freshmen on defense – uh, there's some freshmen on offense as well. They've got a, a, a converted fullback playing guard, um, you know, and the recruiting class that's going to sign in 2021 is one of the best recruiting classes that they've had in a decade. So things are pointed in the right direction. I can't think of another school, at least that I'm familiar with, that was hit harder from the opt-out situation than Syracuse. I mean, so many guys opted out of this season from Syracuse that – they were almost doomed before the season started, it seemed like to me. I mean, your top two running backs opt out. Uh, I think there was a, a lineman that opted mm-hmm. out. I, they, they just had – And then Andre Sisco opt- opted out after he got hurt. He was one of their safeties. And honestly, Vince, that right there is partly why I think they are showing the character that they're showing. Yeah. Because if you look at Florida State, Florida State's had a lot of dudes opt out during the season. Syracuse lost those guys at the beginning, before the season started, to your point. Right. And so they've been saying, hey, look, whoever's here, we're bought in. We're, we're a team. We're going right. to battle. And, and, and like you said, so I think that's the, that's going to be if Dino Baber saves his job. And honestly, I hope he does because I think Dino yeah. Babers is one of my just favorite people in, in college football. I think he's a, he's a classy guy. Um, but that's going to be the saving grace is, Hey, look, we competed. We didn't quit. You look around the league, you look at all this COVID stuff. You look at this guy, you look at that, that guy that we lost, you know, we, we lost this game. We lost that game. You know, Hey, we lost a pit 21, 10, you know, we lost to Duke by a couple touchdowns. You know, we lost to BC by three. We lost to NC State by seven. You know, all those guys we lost, they could have helped us. You know, they could have helped us win. Uh, we've got a great recruiting class coming in, which, which you and my – and I thought that, that, that Mike gave a really nice backstory on to just kind of how they got here. But, uh, I mean, Vince, this is, this is like a they're, – they're borderline Rutgers bad in regards to the talent that they're putting well, out on the field every Saturday. We, we talked – you and I talked, you know – just us talking, we weren't sure if Syracuse was going to make it to this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just based on the way things were going at the beginning of the season. They didn't miss a game. They didn't miss a game. I, I Look, there needs to be a lot of credit given to Dino Babers and that staff just because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and you said it. They, they've, they've never quit. They, they've worked hard. It's, this, is, this is a team that is pointed in the right direction. Yeah. But the fact that they got here, Mm-hmm. I think it, it speaks volumes. And he should mm-hmm. keep his job just for that alone, right. that they're, they're going to be playing in this game. And, look, I, you and I also talked about the fact this is a year where if you have a bad football team, you've got a built-in excuse to be mm-hmm. canceling games. You've got a built-in excuse. They haven't done that. And, and ADs have a built-in excuse not to fire a coach, which, well, helps, I, which helps Dino, especially in the state of New York. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and you're right, though. They have not used that stuff as an excuse. Right. For why right. they're losing. They really haven't. And, and you know, I, thought, I, hope, I hope he keeps his job. Um, but at the same time, 
if they don't get it turned around immediately, I mean, next year they're going to have to be a bowl team next year, in my sure. opinion. They're going to yeah. have to get it turned around quickly. Which they, um, I think they can do. Yeah. Uh, but the offense that they run is so quarterback-driven. If yeah. they don't get a guy in there that can really pull the strings right. and lead that team, they're going to be in trouble. And right. It is, it is what it, it is, is. It is very quarterback-dependent, and I don't really see necessarily see a guy right now that right. that strikes me as a, oh, hey, that's that's the guy. Right. You know, right. And, right. and they've had a couple guys that have had some good moments. But overall, the, 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 the quarterback situation is, is really not good. And, you know, you could point to Tommy DeVito is going to come back, but you know, Tommy DeVito was their quarterback last year and he was their quarterback at the beginning of this year when they were one and four and struggling. So um, they're going to have to figure that out. And I think the other thing, too, is their offensive line hasn't been as good. Right, um, agreed. As it was a couple of years ago. But so anyway, so I mean, th- this is just not a team that matches up with Notre Dame. There's, there's no like, there's like a, a couple matchups here and there. I broke it down in a midweek musings uh, article yesterday. There's some perimeter matchups because Syracuse does have a couple good receivers. Tosh Harris and Nikeem Johnson um, are two really good players. Nikeem Johnson had a 61 yard uh, reverse for a touchdown against Clemson and caught a touchdown pass of 83 yards against Clemson. So, uh, you know, that's something to watch, you know, because Notre Dame's been vulnerable to giving up the big plays. Tosh Harris is coming off a game in which he caught 13 passes, which is it's a lot. Um, You know, so they got some good perimeter guys, and and what's been Notre Dame's weakness in recent games has been corner. So I do think that part of the team is is an area where you can say, hey, we can learn a little bit about Notre Dame in that regards. But from a personnel standpoint, I mean, this game, and this will kind of segue into talking about Notre Dame, this is not a game – that should be competitive. I'm, I'm Agreed. It, it just at, at no point in time, not a, well, they, they were, they battled, they, they've battled every game and they still get smoked. Right. right. By right. far inferior teams. This is not a game in my opinion that should be competitive for any, any length of time for Notre Dame. So, so let's jump in. Let, let's talk offense first, Brian. Um, you know, the offense has been evolving. Ian book has been evolving. Uh, you know, everybody's talking, is he a top 10 quarterback? Is he this? Is he that? Well, the, the bottom line is he's, he has escalated his play over the last three games. That, that's where I'll leave it because uh, I don't want to get into that debate at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but this offense, what are you going to be looking for from this offense against Syracuse in its final home game of the season? I mean, what, what do you need to see? to, to Because, look, the offense can have a bad day and they're still going to put up points. Okay, so what are we looking for from this Notre Dame offense to say, okay, we're still moving in the right direction, moving into the ACC championship in the bye week? Yeah, that's a great question, Vince, because I'll be honest with you. Um, I have not been as impressed by this offense as as a lot of people seem to be. Uh, You know, if if we're being honest, this is an offense that for much of the year is underachieved. Uh, they had a really good performance performance against Clemson and BC in back-to-back games, but also there's been a lot of ups and downs from this offense, you know, and the North Carolina game to me was a bit of a step back from the offense. And it, and it wasn't necessarily a personnel problem. It was a, a very boring generic game plan that did not attack North Carolina's weaknesses. Notre Dame just out-towned North Carolina. Sure. And they're not going to out-talent Clemson in a rematch. You know what I mean? And it's been concerning for me that we've seen that inconsistency from one game. I'm like, wow, I really like that game plan. And the next game, you're like, what were they doing? That made no sense. It didn't work. Yeah. You know, and so I want to see a game plan that, that's, that's going to be aggressive. I don't want to see a game plan that's going to be like it was against Georgia Tech, which is we're playing an inferior opponent. Let's just not screw it up. Uh, I think that would be a mistake. I think that you need to put this team away early. I think you need to go into the bye with some momentum, some explosiveness, you know, get Kyron Williams, 
you know, if Kyron Williams has to carry the ball more than 10 times this game, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. You know what I mean? Get some big plays and get him out of there. He's taking a pounding. You know, yeah, you've got the bye week, but wouldn't it be nice to, to, to cut his usage in half and give him the bye week? You know, right. get get Chris Tyree more carries. Where he where's he been in the offense? You, you know what I mean? Uh, he he leads your team in yards per carry. You know, get Sebo a little bit of work if he's healthy. You know, um, he didn't play at all last week, did he? No, right. he did not. No, he, he did not. Part of that because he was coming back from injury. You think? I think that's part of it. Him. You know, and, and I think there's some other. You know, how the game was being played out. Sure. You know, because Notre Dame was relying so much more on the pass. You know that that he's not really a pass game he's not the pass game weapon that Kyron Williams is right you know but I, I want to see get neighbor Davis back in track or you know have Javon McKinley you know those kind of things but put this team away early Vince don't don't let yeah. them stay around like you did Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech wasn't very good either you know Syracuse right. beat Georgia Tech you know so um <laughs> what you don't want to do is have another game where you're where you're starting offensive linemen have to play 60 70 snaps where Ian Book has to play a full four quarters where Kyron Williams has to take 25 hits again because you decided you wanted to be conservative and not make a mistake, you know, right. that, that allowed a, an inferior team to get in there. I want to see an aggressive Notre Dame. I want to see a Notre Dame that's taking shots, that's maybe pushing the tempo, that's trying to put this game away at halftime. Toward the second half, you know, maybe they can run off some veterans and, you know, maybe they can run Ian Book off the field uh, late in the third quarter, you know, have them start a drive and then run the, the backup quarterback in so you can run Ian Book so whatever crowd is in attendance can give him a standing ovation. No, I'm serious about that. No, you know yeah, what I mean? No, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but you'd like to do that kind of earlier. You know, Brendan sure. Clark's going to need some work or Drew Pine or whoever you view as your number two quarterback right now. You're, you're going to want to get some of those young offensive linemen some work. You know, there's a, it's a good game to get some of your young defensive players a, a look. Although this right. defensive staff's done a pretty darn good job this year of, of playing lots of guys. But, I mean, that's what I want to see, Vince, offensively is I want to see aggressiveness, I want to see explosiveness, and I want to see them taking it to what has been a pretty a, – a, a game – but very under um, uh, the the talent level difference is enormous, right. probably as big as any we've seen this season. When you look at this, so I don't want to see a Georgia Tech, I don't want to see a North Carolina performance from the offense. I want to see a performance like we saw against Florida State, where you come out and hang thirty five on them in the first half. That's that's what I want to see. No, it makes a lot of sense because rare now Brian Kelly has brought this program to a point where they do defeat. The teams they're supposed to defeat, right? We can't, just, they can play poorly and out talent. So a lot of the teams that, that they, as we've seen against out. Louisville, Duke, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, offensively, we've seen it a lot this year. But I want I, I want to see some domination. I I, I don't want to just see them win. I, I'm pretty confident they're going to win, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want to see a domination in the first half. That way, they they can get some other guys in and and. Because, look, you, you never know what's going to happen when the whole next man in situation. And, look, we, we've talked about, like, for example, the wide receiving situation, how they refuse to go to those younger guys. Um, I want to see those guys get some playing time. Mm-hmm. And I want to see them used, not just out on the field, yeah. so that they can run the ball. Yeah, don't you know, put, don't put Brendan Clark and Drew Pine in the game and have them hand off for a quarter and a half. Right. Let them exactly. run the offense. Yes. Let them run the offense. Right. Because, because, again – Let's just say something happens. Vince and Ian Book goes down on the first drive of, against Clemson or something like that. Right out you of know? Yes. Yeah. Because you, you need to have somebody ready to roll uh, at that point who's actually thrown a competitive pass in a mm-hmm. game uh, up to that point. And really that hasn't been the case yet this year. So, right. uh, yeah, that, I, I would love to see them actually run the offense. Now, with, if it's with the twos, fine. 
if you bring in, uh, you know, Drew Pine or, or, or Brennan Clark and they run a few plays with the ones or a series with the ones, great. Mm-hmm. I think this is an opportunity to do something like that, but only if you take care of your business right. in the first half. So right. agree that that's what I will be looking at as well. Um, if, if we flip it over to the defense, uh, they're coming off arguably their best game of the season mm-hmm. against North Carolina. You're uh, arguably the best perfor- the best 60 minute performance we've seen from a Notre Dame defense again in the Brian Kelly era. All right, there you go. Uh, I think it's in that. I think it, I think it was that good. I, and Vince, I don't think it gets that credit because it was North Carolina. People don't like, understand how good North Carolina is. Exactly. If they would have played this way against Clemson and held Clemson to similar numbers, people would be talking about, oh my God, that was a brilliant performance. And and I argued. The Clemson team Notre Dame faced a couple weeks ago is not as good offensively as the North Carolina team that they faced. I agree. They're just the better offensive line in North Carolina. I think the receivers at North Carolina are every bit as good, if not better. I think the running backs are, are as good when you consider there's two of them. Right. Uh, and the quarterback is better. Notre Dame just played way better against North Carolina. Right. Uh, which, the, which defen- the defenses are different. Clemson has a much better defense, right? And yeah, Notre Dame's not, offense play a lot better. Right. But offensively, that North now in the, the Clemson Notre Dame is going to play in two weeks is going to be better than what North Carolina was. But Agreed. this North Carolina team was the best offense Notre Dame has played this year. And they completely, completely destroyed them. Yep. I mean, I and, and, and especially when you consider how well they started, you know, 125 yards and 14 points in the first two drives. Yeah. North Carolina, and another thing too, Vince, which is wild about that, North Carolina didn't even threaten to score in the second half. No. It, it wasn't like they got in the red zone two, three times and Notre Dame made stops. I mean, they, they never sniffed scoring in the second half, and that was, that was impressive. And then you look at what they're going against this week. This might be the biggest on-paper mismatch I've ever seen with Notre Dame. Even, even against, like, Pittsburgh, for example, offensively? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, so – That would be the worst offense, I think, that we've seen – this year up to this point i'm talking this is the biggest mismatch i've ever seen between notre dame and a power five opponent no power five opponent right okay just just here's the thing so i did i have two articles up at irishbreakdown.com and they're, they're stacking up articles where i compare you know the offense against the opponent defense and then vice versa notre dame's defense ranks 10th in the country in scoring defense they rank 10th in yards per game 18th in yards per play 22nd in red zone defense third in third down, they rank uh, fourth in rushing defense, fourth in rushing yards allowed, ninth in tackles for loss. Uh, they rank 18th in pass efficiency defense and 24th in sacks. Okay, Syracuse ranks 118th in scoring offense, 126 and t- 127, 126th in total offense, 125th in yards per play, 125th in red zone offense, 127th dead last in red zone touchdown offense. 124th and third down offense, 118th in turnovers. Uh, they are 124th in rushing yards, 78.3 yards per game, 123rd in yards allowed per rush attempt, 119th in touchdowns. They've had three rushing touchdowns all season. Yeah. 109th in tackles for loss allowed, 109th in passing yards, 119th in passing yards per attempt, 116th in interceptions, 120th in pass efficiency, and 123 in sacks allowed which makes their, their 14 touchdown passes, which ranks uh, 38th, really the anomaly. Yeah. You know, uh, but this is just an offense, Vince, where you're like, they're not good at anything. I mean, nothing. They're not no. good at anything. No, they're not. And Notre Dame is really good. And so it's one of those things where it's like, 
it's my concern this week, Vince, is how do you get your guys focused? Yeah, right. For a team that look, and you you've been a coach. I've been a coach. You can tell oh, wait, kids thanks. all you want. These guys are really good. No, no, they know these kids are not stupid. They watch the film. They say these guys are freaking garbage. Yeah, this isn't uh, 1987 when Lou Holtz was there. <laughs> film was hard to come by. You know what right. I mean? Kind of. You know, right. you can kind of fake it and tell, you know, your team right. that so-and-so is really and, and Lou did that. You asked players. Lou did that publicly. Oh, yeah. But I've talked to players that have said during the week of practice when they are playing a bad team, it was miserable. Yeah. Because he knew. he His thing is like, I'm just going to make them hate me, you know, because I can't get them pissed off at the opponent because they're terrible. You know what right. I mean? He did that stuff for the media. Yeah. That's not how it was with the players. You know what I mean? Because he knew. He knew, right. they knew, you know, so. It, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it, it's very difficult to get guys. You have to be intrinsically motivated mm-hmm. for a game like this. It has to be you're competing against yourself. Right. Uh, and there, and there right. has to be those internal benchmarks that you want to hit uh, in, in order to stay motivated. And that's not right. an easy thing to do. But I do think that this team, uh, this, this team's a different place mentally mm-hmm. than I think a lot of teams in the past have been. And I think that they could be uh, way more intrinsically motivated than a lot of other teams out there. Uh, I, I don't expect a huge drop-off from this defense. I don't think Clark Lee will allow that to happen. Uh, I, I just think that this, this is a different group, man. This is a different group. So uh, what, what are you going to be looking for from the defense in this game? I mean, you can say shut out. You can say – you know, negative, negative yards, rushing, whatever. But overall, eye test wise, what are you looking for from the defense in this one? I think the big thing for me, Vince, first and foremost, is I, I want to see what what Clark Lee is a, what buttons Clark Lee is able to push to get them locked in. I, I think that's that's really where it starts for me because I actually think the the I actually think that them canceling the ACC canceling the Wake Forest game was great for Notre Dame against Syracuse because now this is your season, right? So you've set yeah. standards for yourself. You set marks for yourself. Hey, guys, how are we going to finish? We're, sure. you know, whereas Wake Forest would be a lot easier for the defense to get fired up before because they watch Wake Forest play and they say, hey, these guys are dangerous. You know, these guys can score. They got a good lineman. They got good backs. They got a good quarterback. They got good running backs. That's a team that you pop into film and you say, yeah, this opponent's ready to play. Uh, Syracuse is not that opponent. So, so, you know, Brian Kelly talks about, you know, it's going to, it's going to be about us. Okay. Well, what does that look like? It's okay, guys, we're, we're, we're giving up X amount of points, right? Well, if we, if we, you know, shut this team out, then we're going to be here and that's where, you know, we're going to rank, you know, it's such and such. And, and, you know, we've got goals of, we want to be here and, you know, and, and we, we need to achieve those goals and, and, and you really hold their feet to the fire in that regards. Like if, you know, we don't do this rush game wise and I'm going to be, you know, frustrated or, you know, whatever the case may be. And and then the other thing you could do is you you could do some things that are sort of self-motivating, like, um, you know, Hey, Shane Simon, you're going to get one series and then I'm putting, I'm putting Jack Kaiser in the game or I'm putting Maris in the game or, or, you know, hey, so-and-so, I'm going to, you know, hey, Tariq, you know, we're going to give you a chance this game. Tariq Bracey, we're going to give you a chance this game. And, uh, you know, and you got to step up because, you know, we, yeah. we, we can't put you in against Clemson the way you've played the last two weeks. So we re- really need you to step up against these Syracuse receivers. So I think there's some head games that you can play to try to give guys individual motivation, you know, or, or hey, you know, uh, if Jacob Lacey's back or if, you know, with Riley Mills and those guys, hey, look, 
you know, I don't want to have to play Kurt Heinisch more than 15 snaps this game. So, you know, you're going to get more of a shot. So what, what are you going to do with it? You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so I think there's things like that. If you're, if you're a really savvy coach, there's things like that you can do to kind of give your guys motivation to really, you know, be the best version of themselves. And then that is going to result in something else happening. You, you know what I mean? Um, and so I think there's going to be things like that, but I think it's just a standard, you know, Clark Lee yeah. talks a lot about, here's our standard. You know, I remember when I met with Clark Lee for a interview a couple of years ago during the summer when I was, when I was still at the other place. And, you know, he just talked about how he went in and sat down with the players and the, or with the coaches. And he was like, you know, Hey, we made improvements in all these different areas. And he goes, and this isn't good enough. You know, this is after a 12 and 0 year, you know what I mean? Right. And it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, he sets a high bar. The players know what the bar is. And I think that's where you say is like, hey, look, we got to go out and earn it. So, like, let's just go out and have the most dominating performance we've ever had. And and and, and the other thing, too, is like, you know, look look at what Clemson did against them. You know, we want to make sure we do the opposite. We want to completely shut this team down. So, it's just – I want to see kind of just what put, buttons he pushed. Because if this defense comes out fired up and flying out of the field just dominating Syracuse, that's going to tell me that this staff is, is do, putting in the mental work. And I don't mean mental work like knowing the plays. I mean yeah. like mental work like knowing how to push buttons. Right. At the end of the day, that's an important part of football. I, I don't think fans realize that. Older fans that, that followed Lou Holtz, to your reference, under, get, get that. They understand how important put, pushing buttons is. And that's why I wrote the article I wrote the other day about Brian Kelly pulling, you know, kind of channeling his inner Dabo Sweeney because that, Brian Kelly's never been a button pusher. He just, he just never has. He doesn't have that ability to, to, to motivate. This is something I've heard for a decade now, talking to former players. It's just, it's just it's the business-like approach. It's, never just, it's always been about, hey, we're playing for each other kind of thing. This year, he's been pushing buttons. You yeah. know, he's been doing things that, that, are, that are getting this team focused and motivated, and I think Clark Lee's very good about that as well. So um, that, those are the things that I want to see, Vince. It's not really about yards. And, I mean, Notre Dame could play mediocre game and still hold Syracuse to under 300 yards of offense and, not, you know, 10 points or whatever the case may be. I want it to be just a, just a dominating, like, wow. You know, like Alabama yeah. used to do to people. Remember back when Alabama was, was rolling when Saban first got there? I mean, they would have defensive performances where you're like, that's just unfair. <laughs> like that's just like that's just not even right like what are you doing to that poor team you know what I mean like those are the kind of things that I want to see uh from them you know I'm looking back at this like you know they played Kentucky back in 20 2013 held them to 170 yards of offense you know they played Missouri the year in 2012 where they beat Notre Dame they played Missouri gave up 129 yards gave up 137 in a shutout of Arkansas you know what I mean like that to me is what an elite defense does when you're playing a team like Syracuse you know I mean, they held LSU to 92 yards of offense in the title game in 2011, but that's a different story. Um, you know, that, that, like, that's kind of what I want to see. You know, and that's that standard of, hey, guys, we're not, we're not worried about Syracuse. We're worried about us. And how good do you want to be? What kind of film do you want to put out for an NFL team or for whatever yeah. else? And, and that's, that's what I want to see. Those are the buttons. But that requires you to press the right buttons. That's just not something you do just because you happen to game plan well. That's that's finding the right emotional buttons to push. You know what I mean? Is there anything to the thought that, you know, with college football being such a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately situation, is there any thought to, hey, we need to put together, you know, we want to put together a dominating performance here because depending on what happens in the ACC championship, maybe, you know, they're going to look back on our most recent game and 
that might have something to do with where they head in the postseason. They, you know, that Come on, like for the college football playoff? Yeah, or do people just understand that Syracuse is terrible and it doesn't really matter what they do? Yeah, I, I don't I don't I think if if this game were if this were a normal Notre Dame season and they didn't have an ACC title game, that's absolutely what you'd be talking about. Like, hey, this is our final, you know, this is our final statement to make. Right. I think right now it's like, hey guys, we're 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 we gotta do what we gotta do to get ready to go beat Clemson. And here's yeah. the areas of our game we we still feel we need to work on, you know. Uh, you know, these are the things. So it's all about pushing the right buttons for this game. I don't think you can look past Clemson because it's one of those things where you're not worried about your resume because of Syracuse, because if you go handle your business in two weeks against Clemson, that doesn't matter. You're, you're going to be the two seed. And if, if Alabama gets upset by Florida, you're going to be the one seed. You know, so I think the focus is on who do, how dominant do we want to be on Saturday and how, how little do you want to play? Yeah, right. <laughs> if, you, if you feel you need a week off or if you feel you need less reps this week because it's late in the season, then, then I'll tell you what, then you go out there and you, you earn less reps. Well, you know it, what I mean? It's interesting that you say that because when I was coaching, that's one of the things that I would tell these guys. Look, when we, when we know we're going to overmatch the opponent, I, I would tell them, look, these guys that have been playing scout team or these guys that have been busting their butt to make you better, this is their opportunity to get some, get, you know, get some playing time to, to play under the lights, uh, if you will. And, and granted, it was high school, uh, but that, that's a motivating factor to, for these kids because these guys look at everybody on their team as their brother, as their family, et cetera, and they want what's best for them as well. So I always found that when we would play a team like that, it was extra motivating to get those other kids on the field. So the starters would play that much harder so that their brothers could get on the field and get a little bit of glory as well. Yeah, I, I think so. And if you ever watch how, how you can see it more so in basketball, just because of the way that the camera angles are, sure. but it happens in football too. And that is, you ever watch how, uh, you know, a, a team reacts when like a backup comes in and, and throw, completes a pass or scores a touchdown or gets a big sack? They just go crazy because, like yes. you said, you know, they know how – they know the crap these guys are dealing with. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they know that these guys, you know, on the scout team offenses in there, the, def the starting defensive players know how, how badly they beat on them during a week and see those kids go out and get an opportunity to go out and make a play. I, I think there's something to that. I, I – I don't know if that's a button Brian Kelly and this staffer is going to try to push, but I mean, I don't care what buttons you push, just whatever make works, them, make them work. You yeah. know, you, you know, the pulse of your football team better than I do. You know, you're around them all the time, you know, what, what works for them and then whatever it is, use it, you know, whatever that motivation is, use it. If it's, Hey, you know, you're tired and you're worn down, then go out and dominate the first five series. And we don't have to worry about you using you anymore. We get so-and-so some opportunities, you know? Um, but I think a big part is is just a, it's about maintaining a standard, and then what are the consequences if that standard's not maintained? You know, I think those are more of more of where it needs to be, and then just what buttons you can push to get them to play with emotion. That's the biggest thing. If this team plays with energy and emotion, they'll do, they'll dominate. It, it, it's really that simple, and that's that's why I keep trying to focus on the the, the emotional buttons, Vince, more so than the the execution buttons because I think that the emotional part will take care of its will take care of the other parts because of the just a huge gap yeah. in talent between these two teams. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, predictions: What will happen? What should happen? I know you look at it differently, but uh, what is your prediction for this weekend's game? You know, I haven't I haven't come up with a score prediction yet. I'm still working through that, but I mean, I, I think this is a game where I. Ex 
you know, if, if Notre Dame does what they suppose they're supposed to do, this is going to be something that's in like the forties or fifties to the single digits is what it should be. Uh, whether yep. or not that'll happen or not is what we don't know yet. You know, um, that's kind of the, the question that we have to see. Uh, can they have the focus necessary to do what they need to do? You know, and, and that's going to be my key. And look, I think Brian Kelly has no interest in running up the score and, and trying to get, um, you know, uh, uh, style points against Dino. And, and, he, and Brian Kelly's never really been that guy. I mean, yeah. he's just, he's never really been that I'm going to run it up in your face kind of guy. And sometimes I wish he would do it more. I mean, sometimes it's like, Hey, 31 to seven is not enough coach. You know what I mean? Like right. put a couple of those more on there, but that's why you need to be so good early. You know, South Florida, they scored 52 points. So they had like, like, I mean, those were mostly all done in the first three quarters. I don't think they scored in the fourth quarter. Right. You know? And so you do the same thing and, and just put it away. So, I mean, my prediction, I, I haven't really come up with a score prediction yet, but what I want to see is 40-something plus to single digits. That's what I want to see. And if they do get a touchdown that gets them into double digits, it needs to be like late fourth quarter. When it's the, the walk-ons and right. the whatever happens to be right. out there. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. That, that's what I want to see. So I, I, I just want to see pure down. The biggest thing I don't want to see, Vince, is I don't want to see mental sloppiness. Because as you know as a coach – that's what I get more concerned about when guys get into bad habits against bad teams and, and they, and it's like, you see, you'll see it in basketball where it's like guys start trying to go for the highlight real play as opposed to just, just dominate, you know, and, and you see it in football too. Like I'm going to go for the big hit here and instead of just do your job and then you miss and then, you know, or, or the worst part is, and here's another reason I want this game to be over at halftime. I do not want Jeremiah Wusu or, or any of your top players on the field with any opportunity of getting a targeting in the, in the second right. half. Exactly. Don't want it. No, because then know? you're so, out for the first half of the right. game. That game right. is over before Exactly. Half-time. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's like handle your business in the first half, get this game over with, and then, you know, get Isaiah Pryor some reps at Rover. You know, get Houston Griffith more reps at safety. Um, get DJ Brown more reps of safety. Get day, you know, get Isaiah Foskey and Ovia Gofu more reps at drop in. Don't don't take a chance in someone getting hurt or somebody getting ejected in the second half that that gets you booted. You know, I think those are things. So those are those mental, but that that again that goes back to the mental aspect of it. I want to see a locked in, focused team that's playing with energy and passion. You know, I can deal with sloppy execution at times, but what I don't want to see is a lack of focus. There's a difference between those two things. They some, I mean, they kind of go together to a degree, but um, I think that there's a, in, in a game like this, there's a difference between those two. So, uh, you know, from a, from a prediction standpoint, I, I'm right there with you. I, I think this needs to be in the low, high 40s, low 50s area. I don't think they'll have any problem getting to that point. Uh, I, I think that if it becomes a double-digit game, it's because it was a late score. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from a from a specific score prediction, I, I I'll say right now, fifty-two to seven. Uh, I, I think that's best case scenario, or that's that's where it should be. Again, you like to say that I like to predict where it should be, not necessarily mm-hmm. what it will be, because we don't know what the circumstances are going to be like towards the end of the game, and. Is Notre Dame going to take their foot off the gas when they've got the twos in there, you know, et cetera? Because, look, if Notre Dame played all their backups versus Syracuse, they still win the game. So 
you know, what are they going to be doing with their offense? What are they going to be doing with their defense? Uh, that all remains to be seen. But I, I, I'm in a 52, maybe 49 uh, to 7 area, maybe even to 3. I, I would not be surprised if they keep the offense out of the end zone. Uh, I, I would not be in any way surprised that yeah, that would happen. This is a terrible offense. I mean, it's yeah. a really bad offense. And, and there's gonna, not going to be a lot of win. There's not going to be any precipitation right. as far as we know. There's going to be no reason right. that you can't go out and dominate. And, and honestly, I think I think Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly are going to be a little motivated to have Ian Book go out with a really big performance at home. I, I, do, I do think that is something that uh, – at least maybe that's wishful thinking more yeah. than actual analysis – uh, but, but that's what I, what I would hope that their focus would be on is like, Hey, let's, let's have our guy that, that we've spent the last three years defending, like he was our child, you know, uh, let's, let's do what we need to do to, to make sure that he ends his Notre Dame career in a, in a, in a career where he's never lost a game, right? Ian book is going to end his career at Notre Dame having never lost a home game. Right. Um, I mean, look, say what you want to that. That's actually a pretty impressive look, stat. Here's the deal. They have not played very many good teams at home. That's Fair a fact. Enough. However, I don't care. Over the course of three different seasons, to not yeah. lose a single game at home, and and is an impressive feat. I mean, it, yeah. it really is an impressive feat, and 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 I give him credit for that. With with no asterisks at all, that's right. an impressive feat. Right. I, I'd like to see him end it with a really dominating performance. I just sure. you know you know have him go throw three or four touchdowns early in the game, and you know and 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 let them just pile up some big first half numbers and you know and all those different things and then you can move on to you know getting ready for the title game because you know and you know and if Brian Kelly cares about the Heisman race as much as Notre Dame fans seem to do which I do not understand then Ian oh. Book's going to need a big net numbers game to 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 start getting into the conversation because his numbers aren't even the same stratosphere as, as oh, Heisman contenders, you know, and people say, well, you know, MVP is valuable, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to get into that debate right now. Elite, and it's just, it's, there's, there's, that's a lose lose for me having said that, but if they do care about that, then he needs a game where he goes out and throws for three bills and four touchdowns. And then now you actually have some statistical argument to make he's got 15 16 touchdown passes and then x amount of yards and then if he goes out and plays well against clemson now you can say okay now he's in the conversation you, you know what i mean like yeah he throws for three 350 yards and two and a half quarters and throws for three or four touchdowns against syracuse which is possible because this is not a good defense sure and then he goes out there and has a similar statistical performance performance against clemson in the title game that he had against um clemson the first time and they win well, now you actually would have an argument that I would be somewhat sympathetic to. I, I don't know if I'd st – I still probably wouldn't put him in my top four. I'd have to watch him do that performance. He still wouldn't um, even have 20 touchdowns on the season if he does that, by the way. Well, he'd have, to, he'd have over 20 total touchdowns because he does have six rushing total. touchdowns. Right. And, 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 and look, he, he brings a lot more to the, to the table as a runner than, than some other quarterbacks. You, you know what I mean? Agreed. So Absolutely. Um, so I do think you need to – but, like, if he goes for three and three – that gets him to 18, 18 touchdown right. passes. That's a little bit more respectable than the current 12, uh, you know, and, and, and that gets him in a, in a conversation where you could start to say, hey, you know, he, he's, 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 got the, he's got numbers that at least somewhat give you an opportunity to, to, to warrant him being in that conversation because right now he, he doesn't. I mean, he's, he's barely over 2,000 yards. Uh, he's he's got he's got 412 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns, which is good. But right, he hasn't you know, thrown an interception since the first game of the season. Right. Sometimes I wish that he would have maybe been a little bit more aggressive, but whatever. I mean, so there 
you know, he, he, he had a pretty big turnover in a recent game, you know, but turnovers haven't been his thing, right? I mean, right. so there are some things working for him. His team's really good. They're ranked really high. He had a, a really good moment in the biggest moment of the year, right? Uh, yeah. Let his team on a comeback drive in the, you know, at the end of the game, put up good numbers against Clemson. So he's got that kind of big game moment, which is why I think some Notre Dame fans feel as if that negates everything that happened the first six games of the year. Uh, which it doesn't, but he's going to need more than just that one yeah. big game. Well, he needs you another know? signature moment, and that, that right. could come in the ACC championship. That's so. not coming this weekend, right. But what uh, can come this weekend is some – and this is my point. We kind of did a circle around it, and I'm back to the point. This, is a, this needs to be a stat-padding game for him, in right. my opinion. Like, yes, you could come out and run it down Syracuse's throat. Yes, you could do that. But you've already proven you can do that to anybody, right? You've already done that, right? This is a game where it'd be nice to kind of get some big moments for him to, you know, to run. I mean, there's a, the other thing, too, is I like to play mind games with opponents, you know. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, you don't want to run this because you don't want the other team to see it. No, I'm in the, I've always been the opposite. Put more on tape. I want to put a whole lot on the tape. That the, I want them worried about, you know, these plays that we're running to Chris Tyree up the seam and on wheel routes that I've been calling for all year that would be touchdowns in this game. You know, ha, do some things. Do a throwback or something like that. Take a page from Clemson's book and the things that they do and, and give them a bunch of stuff to worry about for two weeks. You, you, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then those things would also allow Ian Book to kind of have that big statistical game. I mean, you know, so I just, I just feel like this is an opportunity for Notre Dame to, to accomplish some things uh, and aesthetically that that I think that would be good for a personnel standpoint. But at the end of the day, Vince, that's not really – going to be a driving force during the week I think that's something that you don't talk to your players about that's just Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese saying hey early in this game yep. let's come out let's get Ian going let's yep. take some shots let's do these kind of things I, I think that's a coaching conversation not so much a because you can do whatever you want against Syracuse that's the point right right <laughs> you know like they they're not good at stopping the run but they're also not good at stopping the pass you know, so it's kind of like, which way do you want to dominate? And I just, it'd be nice to have a game where they just, like the Navy game last year. Remember that? Like Ian just came out in the first half against Navy and just, I mean, just shredded Navy through the air. Hit Claypool on a big play. He hit two touchdowns of Claypool. Hit Braden Lindsay on a bomb. Like they just shredded Navy. I'd like to see something like that. I think sure. that would be, that would be a nice way to see Ian Book end his, his Notre Dame career. I don't want to see him end in his Notre Dame career going like 12 of 15 for 145 yards and they run for 400 yards. Right. I just yeah, – I don't know what that proves. Okay, you're, you're right. bigger and tougher than Syracuse. Woohoo! We knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What are you doing to get ready to go out and beat Clemson? That's, those are the things I want to see. Nope, absolutely. And so we, we both uh, – I think we're both on the same page with what we want to see from Notre Dame. And uh, with this being senior day and – Probably the weirdest senior day ever since mm -hmm. every single person on this roster mm -hmm. can come back next year. Yeah. Uh, whether they'll be invited back is a whole other conversation. I'm sure we'll have a podcast about that sometime in the future. Mm -hmm. we'll make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, and but and we will have a podcast tomorrow where I will have, I will have finally um, come up with an actual game prediction. So I'm oh. going to watch a little bit more film today. So, uh, okay. But I will have that tomorrow, cause, and, and we'll just kind of go over keys to victory and some things like that where we'll actually drill down a little bit more on, on this. It'll be a much shorter podcast uh, and just be focused just on the game. But, um, you know, so, so I'll drill down a little bit. So, so keep your eye out on, on that as well. Yep. And so uh, 
That'll do it for our, our preview of the Syracuse-Notre Dame game. Again, it's a 2.30 start, so a little earlier than it's been uh, the last few weeks. It's obviously on NBC. Uh, Brian will be there, so he'll be giving you all of his thoughts and analysis during the game. So make sure you stay locked in to irishbreakdown.com. Uh, we'll have all the information there for you. And we have a lot of fun on the board uh, during the game. So make sure you log in and make sure you're on there. And uh, we'll give you our thoughts as the game progresses. And you know, hopefully it'll be a big Notre Dame win. And uh, we'll send the seniors off who decide to actually leave and not come back uh, with a big win uh, in their last game at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, so until next time, uh, we will talk to you later on our Irish Breakdown podcast. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.